I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and who that's? <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And joined by one of our most popular guests, somebody who really has a penchant for cutting through the BS and figuring out what's going on behind the scenes with a lot of the drama with these situations that we've seen most recently, of course, with Jamal Adams. He's coming off a really awesome interview on his own podcast with the great Chris Myers, the NFL announcer who has actually done a million different things, but most notably the NFL. Of course, I'm talking about my friend John Grella. John, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Scott. How's it going? I'll put it this way, John. It's gotten a lot less hectic now that Jamal Adams has been traded to Seattle. A lot less to digest, a lot less to shake your head at because we don't have to deal with the drama anymore So let's talk about how this was handled from a communications PR standpoint, because I was curious what you thought about what the Jets did. From where I sit, they more or less played it perfectly. They let Jamal talk himself into exhaustion, and then they were able to go out and get themselves a great deal. They did push back a little bit at the end. There was that article by Brian Costello in the Post, but for the most part, they didn't get down in the mud with Jamal Adams, at least when he was here. There was that report by Ian Rappaport that I want to ask you about that came out on NFL Network after he was traded. But first, let's start with how the Jets handled this up until the point that Adams was traded, how do you think they did? 
they conducted themselves masterfully um, for a rookie-ish GM, uh, Joe Douglas, uh, straight A's from from my perspective. Most importantly, uh, he got the haul uh, that he needed to get for this all to look its best. Uh, but from a communication standpoint, they did, they did a great job. It's a tough mismatch when you are pitted against someone who can and does say anything uh, and you are constrained by what you're able to say and do because you are the larger established entity. Uh, you know, if, if somebody is um, an activist against a major corporation, uh, and the corporation is pretty limited in what it's able to say. Um, but that, that activist or that rabble rouser um, probably feels very liberated to, to say and do whatever they want. So it's a tough matchup for the, for the organization, but they acquitted themselves quite nicely um, considering all the noise and, and heat uh, and certainly a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of media who were dying to uh, write the story that the, that's the same old Jets. Having been around coaches and general managers and seeing how they deal with perceived headaches like this, were you surprised that the Jets were still able to get the haul that they got, even though Jamal Adams couldn't seem to shut up? A little bit. Um, the, you know, <laughs> as good a player as he is, and and obviously folks have, have compared the the return they got for Jamal for the return that the uh, Raiders got for Khalil Mack. Um, this is not a pass rusher. We've been through the, all that, um, but they, they did a nice job. And, and if they did not uh, pull the trigger on the trade now, they could have hung back. And I, I fully expected that the deal would have gone down before the trade deadline this year or before the draft next year. Um, but good for them that they were able to, to uh, offload a headache and, and uh, start to plan for the future. Um, I, I got a chuckle out of the, the tweet this week that said the Jets are perpetually two years away from being two years away. Um, and as much <laughs> as that stings, it, it certainly resonates with me as a, as a fan. But, um, hey, here's to hoping that, that we're in a, uh, a new era uh, and, and Joe Douglas is able to, to play cool and know when to hold them and fold them. Do you think that the Jets felt that they had to deal Adams now? I know that publicly the stance was that they were going to keep him unless they got blown out of the water, which is ultimately what happened. But do you think that was sort of a bluff and that they had planned to get rid of him because of the headaches that he was causing? Or do you think that what Joe Douglas was saying publicly was probably the truth? All right, so here's here's um, part of the calculation that, that fans should always keep in mind, which is if the GM had his druthers, he'd, he'd pop the ear, ear pods in and tune out the external noise and let the deal come to him. Uh, the X factor in all this is whether ownership then calls the GM and says, I need him out now. He came after me. Uh, and we can't handle we can't handle this any longer. So uh, we don't know, obviously, whether the Johnsons told Joe Douglas, "I need him out now" uh, or not. But uh, but I suspect that Joe Douglas um, was intent on waiting for the game to come to him, uh, and did so. Kudos to not just Douglas, but to um, the Johnson family for not 
forcing the GM to make a trade prematurely um, that likely would have um, resulted in a smaller return. Um, and they, they really, um, they showed a little restraint there uh, or maybe Joe just got lucky and, and had the right deal on the table uh, when ownership called and said, it's time, we can't have this circus go on, go on any longer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. John, when we first talked about this after the trade deadline, you said that Jamal Adams was trying to push the eject button, that he was doing anything he could to get out. And you just referenced talking about the owner. He had talked about the general manager in the past. Then, of course, a couple of days before the trade, he starts talking about Adam Gase publicly. Before that, there was a report that Gase had something to do with Jamal Adams' unhappiness. Do you think that the Gase stuff at the end was that last charge, that last push to get that eject button and get out of here, that he was essentially at a point where he was going to say and do whatever he had to do, even if that meant creating a potentially awkward situation for himself if he wasn't traded? Uh, add to the list the, that uh, he had his surrogate on TV, Ryan Clark, go after the quarterback as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So the job was to mash all the buttons and find the one that, that – um, um, triggered the eject. Uh, and, and I don't think that the Gase um, barbs were, were likely the pressure point that made this uh, happen. It was, if any piece of it was, it would probably be going after ownership. That's probably the, the one that's most likely to result in, in that urgency to deal. But I, I, I just believe that it was uh, the stars aligned for a good deal. 
um, Seahawks wanted something the Jets had, and and the Jets uh, did a good job of of not demonstrating lower value or looking like they were desperate. And and it would have been very, very easy with all the coverage and all the noise for Douglas to just say, hey, it's the best I could do. We're washing our hands of the situation. Let's move on. But he, he let the game come to him, and, and kudos to him for that. One thing that a lot of us were worried about, John, was that this would set a dangerous precedent, that if a player spoke up and was vocal enough then he would be able to essentially wind his way out of town. Now, to some degree, Adams did that because I think if he hadn't opened up his mouth, he probably wouldn't have been traded, mostly because I think that if Joe Douglas had been offered this deal, he would have taken it anyway, but he probably wouldn't have been offered this deal because teams wouldn't have thought to call. I think that's the biggest thing here is that Jamal Adams making his unhappiness known gave a smoke signal to teams to go out and call. We saw that around the trade deadline with Dallas, and then it continued on through the deal to Seattle. Do you think, though, that this sends a precedent, or are teams and the other players in the league going to look at this and say, there's no precedent here, they held on to him until they got the value that they wanted? This is a trend that transcends the New York Jets. Um, In sports, we're seeing, um, certainly we've referenced this before, in basketball, players in uh, shopping for dream teams or creating dream teams through free agency and and other means. And and in football, we've we've referenced a few players, Antonio Brown, Jalen Ramsey, and others uh, who have – engineered trades for themselves so this is not particular to the jets that said uh do they want to look like suckers do they want to look like they could be easily manipulated by players um of course they don't so uh good for them to to avoid look looking like they were manipulated and very hard to bicker with the return that they got and so this is one of those scoreboard situations where people say, hey, Jamal Adams uh, wind his way out of town. And Joe Douglas just says, look at all those picks. Check out the scoreboard. Um, that's all I got to say. And so uh, good for them. Uh, none of these situations are without mess, right? Like any time there's, there's acrimony or, or divorce going on, there's, there's going to be some bloodshed. There's going to be some some crosswords and 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 certainly we had that here that's the way these things work but but um they did not position themselves uh in a weak or desperate fashion and end up looking uh not like they were manipulated but instead like they dealt from a position of strength which is what any negotiator would want to do we talked about how the jets handled this whole thing now let's talk about how jamal adams handled it In the end, he did get what he wanted, but what did you think about his strategy? It worked for him, but it almost didn't because if the Seahawks hadn't given up what they gave up, he probably would have ended up coming in here. And that was part of the strategy, by the way, is that Jamal Adams did come out and say that he wasn't going to be skipping camp, so he let the Jets know that if they didn't trade him, he would be here. How would you assess the way that he handled this entire saga? I think it's very easy, and, I, and and you could probably tell from from our conversations that I try to consider everyone's perspective and and make an assessment based on um, all the factors in combination. Um, but from Jamal's standpoint, look, he's a younger athlete, and this generation of athletes uh, are free to speak their minds, and 
us geezers uh, will sit around and say, well, back in the day, players didn't do it like that. And, and players need to shut up and play. And, you know, it's, it's very easy to sound like that, that uh, grumpy old man uh, who doesn't like when athletes sound off. Um, so do I think that what he's doing and has done is, is, is more common than ever before? Sure. Um, but Hey, he, uh, he, seemingly and i know we'll get to this part later on if you if listen closely and read between the lines of what kim jones and and others have said about the locker room and who did not speak out after he left and wish him well um i think you could probably fairly surmise that uh he has graded on some of his former teammates that he has risked uh ruining tarnishing his reputation and as a 24 year old superstar um you want to preserve that reputation but he probably the lust some of the luster has, has certainly come off uh in terms of how jamal is regarded not just by people who know him best but he's going to be that guy where when you see him flash on sunday you and your friends um when you're able to watch football together again are going to say uh that guy he's a diva um, and you know, not, not exactly the best way to be. He may not care cause he's going to laugh himself all the way to the bank. Um, but that stuff wears over time. And, and we discussed also on numerous occasions that the captain, the, the, the captain C on your chest is not an entitlement for star players. Um, that, that is serious. It is sacred to a certain degree. Yeah. Our mistakes made with, with, um, who, who ends up getting a C sure. A lot of times a standout player, especially one who's charismatic will, will get that captain C. Um, but a lot of times they don't end up keeping it. Um, or that, or they, or people roll their eyes, uh, when they're not around and they're self-proclaimed presidents, uh, and, and leaders of their own locker rooms and they're Pied Pipers with no followers. Um, so, you know, uh, let me, let me draw a uh, parallel to something that came to mind just yesterday. So when I was in Tampa in 2010, I came there and was, um, was fixing to move down there when the Bucks drafted Gerald McCoy. Gerald was the, uh, third overall pick. Uh, and, um, he came to town. And fans instantly, not, I mean, you would think they would be excited to have this premium pick, right? At a position that Warren Sapp used to play. But because Warren Sapp used to play there, Sapp was the gold standard. And he, he was worshipped and is worshipped down there because they had won Super Bowls. Well, Gerald came to town and Gerald's got this ebullient personality. Uh, and people from the get-go we're, we're looking at him in a different way and saying he plays a similar position to Sap. Uh, let's see if he's productive, as productive. Gerald, because of his personality, was quite the contrast with Sap, who was kind of a, a, a salty kind of fella. And before he was in the media and was all smiles, is a, a tough customer um, to the media and, and, um, and looked like he was all business, right? He came in with a chip on his shoulder and whatnot. But so Gerald came in and there was those instant comparisons. Gerald didn't rack up the sack numbers that Sap did and people started to turn on him. He got, he tore one uh, bicep the first year and, and the other bicep the next year. Um, and people started to call him a bust very, very early. What really graded on people. And I find this interesting from a psychological standpoint was that Gerald 
through thick and thin, was always all smiles, always stood tall and talked to the media and and had a good personality in an appropriate way, even through some very tough times. But he always would take reporters' questions, always had a crowd around him, always did the best he could and conducted himself with class. That is a captain, and that's a guy who had his teammates' respect. Well, lo and behold, um, you know, the team struggles year after year. The fan base seemingly got annoyed that he was like a happy warrior and that he wasn't Warren Sapp and this this surly guy. Uh, and and they and they really turned on him. And and my feeling then was Gerald was the only player. He was the constant. He was the only player who was really still there through all those bad years. And so are you going to blame the guy who didn't wash out? You're going to blame the guy who who was solid and consistent and, and the constant through, through all those tough times? Well, so fans turned on him. And, and I think that was part of the reason why he ended up leaving town. Well, uh <laughs> I see on Twitter yesterday that uh, Greg Allman, who's a beat reporter for the uh, Tampa Bay Times, is is uh, tweeting about uh, Gerald, and and I decided to chime in and I said, um, "Well, Gerald always stood tall. Gerald was the constant. Gerald always conducted himself with class. Gerald was a captain through and through, and and you know truly." what you would want out of, out of, uh, out of your team's leader. Uh, and, and, um, Gerald wrote back, um, some very nice words, but the, the point of it was what a contrast to Jamal Adams, um, a high pick, um, who through adversity stood tall, never separated himself from his teammates, always took reporters questions and spoke from a team perspective didn't did not big time his teammates didn't scapegoat those who had left i mean handled themselves in in an exemplary manner so if we're talking premium you know top of the draft talent big personality and a lot of media demand and attention uh and pressure placed on his shoulders a lot of fans hopes placed on his shoulders you could see the contrast one guy um, cut and run, and one guy stood tall, um, and and that's why Gerald McCoy has my respect. And that you know, and and it wasn't for the lack of knowing. I spent a lot of a lot of time with Gerald and standing next to him and and chewing the fat with him about about the tough times and how the media um, treat him and the team. And you know, it, it, I, I I he has my respect and always will because of the way he conducted himself. And and obviously whether it's relationships or your um, professional conduct, how you comport yourself during tough times uh, really is revealing of your your character. Um, And so I I think we've said all that needs to be said about, about what Jamal does when the pressure's on and when the chips are down. Uh, And, and it's good to have this perspective of how other people in similar situations handled it better. I want to talk a little bit more about what you touched on with Jamal Adams being a leader. You said in the past and just now that he strikes you as much more of a Pied Piper than a leader, a guy that needs to tell people that he's a leader rather than just being one. And I did think it was very odd that, as you pointed out, and Kim Jones was the first one to mention this, 
None of his teammates have come out publicly and said anything. Now, that doesn't mean that privately they haven't texted him or called him and wished him well or something. But you would think for a guy that was a, quote, locker room leader, the guy that other people on the team look to, supposedly, that you would see this outpouring of support publicly. We haven't seen that, and it makes me think that maybe he thought himself as more of a leader than a lot of the other guys in the locker room did. Is that the situation, do you think, John, that Jamal Adams is more a leader in his own head than he is in reality? I I, I think there's no other way to really look at that. He separated himself from his team repeatedly. He cast his lot with the media, and he certainly proclaimed himself the president. Um, in In an alternate universe... Um, a lot of Jets players would have spoken out and said that the team is, isn't committed to winning because they just offloaded their best talent. That didn't happen. So I don't want to put a ton of stock into what wasn't said and why, because we don't really know. But you could certainly envision a scenario where a lot of players were hacked off that the team dealt its best player. Um, that didn't happen. So... So uh, we <laughs> enter that into evidence, too, uh, about how he was perceived. And I think the fact that Kim Jones hit it so hard and hit it repeatedly um, tells you something. And I, and I get the sense, I forgot who else was talking about eye rolls. It might have been Kim or somebody else. Um, but I think you, you assemble all of this evidence and you assess where, where the truth may lie. And, the, and my best estimate is that uh, he was probably uh, well regarded on a personal level and that he was a fun and charismatic fella and obviously a, an exceptional talent, uh, but probably wasn't the, uh, wasn't the Pied Piper with the following that he, that he thought he had or deserved. So that's what you get uh, when you cast your lot with the beat reporters who don't wish the team well, instead of uh, wrapping your arms around your teammates and or linking arms with your teammates and, and saying, we're all going to go down together. Um, but better than that, we're going to uh, battle through this together and, and emerge stronger. And we're going to look back at these times uh, when we're hoisting the Lombardi trophy someday and say, this was, you know, the beginning of a, of a special process. Um, that wasn't what happened. John, overall, as a communications and PR person, having seen how this played out, are you confident now that Joe Douglas and his team know how to handle this from a PR and communications standpoint going forward and that the Jets don't have to worry, at least from that end? Well, the substance is the main course here, right? So if they had not gotten the return um, in the trade that that they got – then you would probably judge the PR bad as well as the uh, as well as the main course, the substance of the matter um, differently. But they they got the haul they wished for, and and so everything looks that much rosier as a result. Um, the good news is you can't really uh, judge a GM or a coach just on optics, just on how just on performance uh, in in the public sphere, how they do their jobs when the doors are closed and when the microphones and cameras are off is a, is a wholly different matter and is much more important than, than what they do uh, when the lights are on. But I'm, I'm comforted that they were able to tune out external noise 
and keep their eye on the ball uh, and execute a trade that was tough, I'm sure, to to put together and 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 get done. Uh, and and so it, it does give me more optimism that they know what they're doing, that the inmates are not running the asylum, and and that uh, that they're they're going to proceed with a not just a cliche, but a but a true team first mentality, which is the beginnings of a of a, you know a solid foundation. Let me add one more thing about about um, Adam Gates, right? For too long during this Jamal Adams saga, everything that Jamal said, who was popular, uh, was proof that Adam Gates was bad, and everything uh, that that reinforced that Adam Gates was bad was the side that people wanted to be on. And I had reiterated to to friends and and folks on Twitter that both Gase and the player can be jerks. It you this they are not mutually exclusive. They can they can both um be what you think they are. Uh and and that that doesn't mean that Jamal's all good and that Gase is all bad or or vice versa. You could just assess the situation for what it is and understand that there are going to be times where where everyone's a little a little bit bad, if not more, um, and that we have to operate in, in shades of gray uh, more than we do in black and white. And so, you know, that that's that's probably um, good counsel, I think, for moving forward. That fans should try to take themselves away from being in an emotional place and instead place themselves in the decision makers' chair. And and think about things a little bit more surgically and and rationally. Um, and that's the only way. If you're going to give the team advice, you can't do it from an emotional place. Is what I'm saying. John, as much as I enjoy our conversations about these matters, I really wish that we could just have private conversations about 80s pro wrestling and not have to deal with all this drama again. But I'm glad that the Jamal Adams situation is over, that the Jets got great value for him, at least on paper, and that everybody can move on. And hopefully the Jets are able to take those draft picks and turn them into really good players that can help them win for the next bunch of years. John Grella, our consigliere on all things communications and PR. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, new company and all. So talk about that yeah. and your podcast. I mentioned before that the great Chris Myers was on. So you got a lot going on. Yeah, we're, we're keeping busy during this pandemic. I can't sit still. Um, the podcast, first of all, is called the politics of sport, sport of politics podcast. I, co-host it with my uh, old buddy, Jeff Embler. Uh, and we talk about the intersection of politics and sports before it was really cool um, or, or upsetting the way it is right now, but that intersection. And it, we called it that because of how sports sometimes um, get invaded by or infected by politics. And, and a lot of times politics feel like sports, who's up, who's down, and so on. So please check us out, the Politics of Sport, Sport of Politics podcast, available in all your uh, friendly local uh, podcast stores. And then, yes, we did launch um, a new public affairs agency this week called Protean, P-R-O-T-E-A-N, Public Affairs, proteanpublicaffairs.com. And I've launched it with a bunch of uh, friends and former colleagues, five powerhouses uh, joining forces to um, hopefully uh, do some some good uh, 
PR, crisis, grassroots, research, and other good work, advocacy work. Um, so please check us out. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to plug uh, both of those projects. But we're, we're keeping busy over here in, in Washington. That's protein, not protein. So don't get confused by that. And make sure that you're following John on Twitter at Jonathan Grella so you can get all the information on his PR project and on the podcast that he's doing. And you can check out the most recent episode with Chris Myers. If you haven't had a chance to give us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.